This exclusive interview with Michael W. Smith is brought to you by Christian Life School of Theology Global Online. You can visit them at clstgo.com forward slash campaigns forward slash charisma, and you have visit them to receive information on affordable Bible college degrees customized to meet your needs. Once again, that's clstgo.com forward slash campaigns forward slash charisma, or if the internet's not your thing, give them a call at 706-223-3005. We're so divided. We're divided politically. We're divided spiritually on so many levels. Everybody's doing their thing. And I think if we just look, I mean, we can disagree on certain things theologically, but I think there's, there are a few which I feel like are pivotal points that we should all be in agreement with. And, 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 and I think a lot of that division comes with just uh, pride, which I think pride is the root of everything wrong with the world. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesslyn, and today I am here with Michael W. Smith. Say hello. Hey, how's it going? We are so excited to have you here today, and we're going to talk about your new worship night that's coming up on October 29th. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, I'm excited to say the least. I think it might be the most significant thing that I've ever done. Um, Really inspired by you know, the surrounded worship record that I released February 23rd that was actually released one week after the pop record. I released two records back back weeks, which is completely insane. But I felt like it was the right thing to do. And then it, it's a long story. The short story is, is that I just, the whole surrounded thing was inspired by Amos 5 passage. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's around verse 23, 24, but basically God is a little upset and he's saying, I'm tired of your sacrifices and I'm tired of your music which really got my attention because honestly, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and paraphrase, he said, just turn it off. And he said, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for justice to roll like a waterfall. Ooh. And that's what really spurred on Surrounded. And then I just started getting downloads because that whole night at the factory in Franklin, Tennessee was so powerful. And then I just started feeling like I'm supposed to take this all around the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like there was something strategically about Nashville which actually is the town that I live in, uh, I just think there's something strategic about that city. There's been so many prophetic words spoken over for so many years that there would be a shot heard all around the world. That shot came out of Nashville. So, you know, so the long story short, just getting people of, it was really a unity thing. It was Second Chronicles, obviously, 714, if my people were called by my name. But that was, that was sort of the mantle scripture, but it was unity, it was big. Mm-hmm. There had to be every color, every race, every nation represented in that arena, mm. and and I really believe it was. And I, I think that's the only time in the in it's the only time in the Bible, in the Psalms, where God commands a blessing when when, when His church is unified. And it was one of the most beautiful nights I've ever been a part of. And so, thankfully, TBN came on board and um, and recorded the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, it premieres, uh, yeah, Monday night, October 29. And uh, I saw the first cut yesterday, and it's just like, you know, I just had to pull out the Kleenex. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty powerful, to say the least. I mean, I'm someone that cries during just 
30-minute TV show, so I can't really judge with that. But you had mentioned <laughs> you mentioned you had some downloads, and we're Charisma. We're all about Holy Spirit downloads. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Downloads, just justice. Justice was a big a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, of, of that Amos 5 passage, it's going to come. What is that? What's, so what is that? And I just, you know, being a voice for people who don't have a voice. Mm. It's pulling the church together uh, in a, seriously in a, in a unified fashion that's never been done before. You know, we, we, we're so divided. We're divided politically. We're divided spiritually on so many levels. Everybody's doing their thing. And I think if we just look, I mean, we can disagree on certain things theologically, but I think there's... There are a few which I feel like are pivotal points that we shall all be in agreement with, mm-hmm. and and I, and, I, and I think a lot of that division comes with just uh, pride, mm-hmm. which I think pride is the root of everything wrong with the world. Uh, it all starts with pride, and so how to just truly humble yourself and pull people together in extreme humility, seek your face, obviously turn from our wicked ways. I mean, all that came into play that night. So it was all that. You know, just feel like I've got to. I have to push. I have to push through. I have to. I, it's almost like I had to do this, so I couldn't do anything else in my entire life. I, mm. I, I have to do this thing at Bridgestone. That's how. That's how compelled I was to to pull people together. It was free. Uh, we weren't sure if anybody was going to show up, but we didn't. We just knew we were supposed to do it. Uh, uh, there was a huge prayer movement that was a huge part of the success that night. We had 14,000 people. The arena was full. Mm-hmm. And um, it was not based on performance. There was a lot of prayer that night. We specifically prayed for a lot of things, um, for our country, for our for healing and all that. And then we were set up in the round, just like we did Surrounded. If you've seen some of the videos like mm-hmm. Fight My Battles, uh, in that factory, in that warehouse, we were in the middle, and everybody was around us. And we did the same thing at Bridgestone Arena. We were literally in the middle of the arena, and we were surrounded by everybody. I just felt like that was strategic, too, on so many levels. I love it. Now, I know you mentioned that we've been dealing with a lot of division in our country and even within the church. How can worship come in and really unite us? I think worship changes everything. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I just do. I mean, Jesus asked us, what did he ask us to do? Deny ourselves and follow him. Deny ourselves and follow him. And, you know, I think when you, and, I, and, and worship is so much bigger than music. I think it's 24-7. I could go on and on about that. But when you truly just totally abandon yourself, you know, just to, just to adore the creator, the one that gave you life and he's got a call in your life and, destined for greatness, when you just totally surrender to that, then I think your heart's pure, then I think you're, you're I think you become very unselfish. Mm. And and I think pride gives way to humility. And I think, if, I'm just trying to imagine that on, on a grand scale in the church all around the world. What if that happened? What if we all truly came together, you know, and considered others more highly than ourselves? We just, we just want to serve people want to be Jesus to people. Mm. Imagine that happened on a grand scale. Gosh, I think the world would look different. And I believe what happened at Bridgestone, uh, especially when it airs on Monday, what's going to air all around the world, I really do believe that the, this next Great Awakening is coming. Mm. I really believe it. I, I, I believe it with every fiber of my being. And we got a taste of that that night. We just, something happened that night. People are still talking about it. 
I don't, I don't think the night ever ended. I think it's still going on. Um, and I think if you, if you interview everybody that was there, they, they would probably say the same thing. That's amazing. I love experiences like that for me. I feel like I draw closest to the Holy Spirit and to the Lord during worship. And I'm not a musical person. I asked if I could sing for you, and my producer shot that down immediately, said she would mute my oh, mic. Man, I know. I know. And to be honest, you were my first CD I bought when I was like eight years old because we sang your songs at my summer camp and I was just, I was obsessed. So I got to get my fangirling out of the way before we can back, (laughs) back into worship and talk about how much we enjoy it. So who are some of the up and coming worshipers that you're seeing, some musicians who are really rising that just have the anointing to spread the gospel through their music? Oh, gosh, there's probably too many to count. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, to me, it all comes down to songs, and, and it comes down to people who truly are really gifted to lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite worship leader, honestly, is Leland. Mm. Um, and, you know, he's kind of a distant relative. His brother, Jack, is married to one of my kids, Whitney, um, who's pregnant with number four, number four in their family. Ooh, babies. Uh, I love which, babies. Which, which will bring us up to 15 grandkids. It's just so amazing. But, but but there's something about Leland when he leads, and I know there's others as well, but when Leland leads, it's so authentic. And he's so... Um, he, I've never seen anybody just ebb and flow like Leland. Mm. Where he, just, he really is just, just kind of just really in tune with the Spirit. And, and you just never know what's going to happen. You never know what he's going to sing or say. And... It's not contrived at all, and that's that's what I love about Leland because it's just uh, I cry every time he leads worship, and and, and, I've, and I'm sure I've done that with other artists, but every time there's something about that guy, he's really he's really tapped into something, and he just loves Jesus big mm. time. So, but there's a bunch of them, you know, and there's you know I, I think probably my only thing to pick with the worship movement is I think a lot of it sounds the same, mm-hmm. do better. I think we need to write better songs. And there's obviously great ones out there, because I sing a bunch of them that night at Bridgestone that I didn't write. Mm-hmm. So there's some great stuff out there, but, you know, you get, you get some that just, well, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that same line. I've heard that same chorus. I've heard that same verse. How do we get innovative, and how do we how do we write stuff that just completely blows people's minds? It's almost like, you know, the arts in the, back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all believers. Michelangelo and all creating art, and now it's almost like we kind of follow a trend. So, and I and I point that back at me too. I'm all, so I, when I say that, I not only challenge everybody else, but I challenge myself as well. That mm-hmm. just I think there's a there's a balance of just being humble and, and doing the right thing, but doing it with excellence, and don't settle for something that's just average. That's great. So I'm going to throw your own question back at you. What can we do to write good quality worship songs? Oh, <laughs> oh man. You know what? I think a lot of it has to do. Um, well, obviously, I think you've got to. I think you've got to be called, and you've got to have some talent. You know, it's always hard when you get somebody who comes up to you and says, "Hey, this I feel like is really what God wants me to do," and and uh, you know, here here's my latest worship song, and it's not very good at all. And the, and, and it's it's so hard. How do you convey that to somebody? Mm-hmm. I'm really not sure this is your calling, but but I think first of all you've got you've got to have you've got to have something that's pretty incredible. You got to got to have some talent. 
But I think you've also got to be a Jesus lover big time and mm-hmm. spend time with him. You know, and just try to get some downloads. I always pray as a worship leader, and I wish it could happen, and maybe it can in this lifetime, is that if I could just look into the window of heaven just for two seconds, just for two seconds, maybe three seconds, and pull something down, you know, uh, you know that that would be my dream come true right there, is to be able to have a little bit of what's going on in heaven uh, happen right here on earth. And that's what we pray all the time, you know, you come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think a lot of that has to do with worship. Amen. You have actually answered all the questions I have for you. Do you have anything you'd like to add? No, thanks for the interview, and thanks for supporting next week, which I think is very monumental on so many levels. I, I really appreciate it, and I'm sorry you didn't sing for me. I'm really disappointed on that. I'm pretty sure you're actually not going to be that disappointed. <laughs> it It is rough. I was once told to stop singing. I was ruining the song, and that was my seventh-grade choir teacher who told me that. So. Aww. All well, right. Nice, no, but that's okay. The Lord has called me into other gifts that are more like writing and talking to people like you. So I'm cool with that. Before you go, can you please pray us out? Pray for our listeners. Yes. Well, Lord, we thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your uh, thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Your mercies are new every day, and we we love you. We love you. We love you. Forgive us, Father, where we've fallen short. Uh, Help us to keep our help us to be attentive and help us to not get lazy and help us to keep our mind stayed on you. You said if we do that, you keep us in perfect peace. Lord, I pray that for everybody listening. Lord, just I think if there's one last thing I would pray, God, would you remind everybody who's listening to this podcast, God, that you've got a call in their life. They're destined for greatness, and I believe their best days are to come. I pray for a hedge of protection uh, from the enemy that will try to come in and say otherwise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 